Hello, this is Tammy Duffy, CEO of Elber's Dream. This is part four of our series focused on compassion fatigue. Today's course will focus on the empathy burnout of compassion fatigue amongst animal rescuers. No one likes to hear about freezers full of euthanized animals. It's an uncomfortable reality in shelter work or in zoo work or in aquarium work, etc. But often animal rescue workers have no option but to euthanize sick or badly wounded animals as humanely as possible for all of these professionals and volunteers administering euthanasia this is a major contributor to compassion fatigue and the chronic stress that stems from this level of caregiving is quite large combating the fatigue requires very attentive self-care and the ability to emotionally distance oneself from animal patients. But looking into the eyes of hundreds of distressed creatures day in and day out can make that difficult. And we applaud the efforts of every single solitary rescue group that does this on a daily basis. People don't always recognize compassion fatigue. Sometimes it's looked as, as just empathy burnout or secondary trauma. And the stress of the fatigue can manifest into depression or addictions. Most people don't appreciate the strain this work causes. Not only do animal welfare workers suffer daily in the work they do, they often also deal with the public's total disregard and criticism of their work. Shelter work was, has been one of the most distressing and sorrow-filled work that many do in their lifetime. And sometimes the biggest concern is that if people don't accept compassion fatigue as a real issue, and its downstream psychic consequences, it can't be treated adequately. Part of the, of the fatigue stems from the nature of animal rescue. Sometimes it can be viewed as a business where it feels like one is never finished, especially in an organization that has really low funding or is within a municipality. At the end of a long shift, whether it's staffed or with volunteers, there's always a feeling of, oh, gosh, there's more that we can do. There's more that we can alleviate. And people take that to heart and very personally. And that behavior daily is just not attainable. 
there are marine centers that focus on bringing in large animals and sometimes they can bring in 1800 animals a year and maybe only 800 of them are ever really able to be saved um, and the top reason for a lot of that is because of malnutrition when they come in or trauma oil or tar coating they could have cancer they could have acid toxosis or when there's algae blooms or red tides and they ingest secondhand things from other human events or devastating effects can happen on their brains, causing the animals to become very lethargic or have seizures or have seizures. We cannot keep every patient alive. And this is the unfortunate pain that a lot of people have in shelter work. Doctors know this, and so do people who work to save animals. But we want to try to save everybody. Sometimes we'll get phone calls. People calling in are incredibly emotional, and it's hard not to be affected by those emotions about animals that they're calling us to come help, whether it's in the ocean or on land. Every animal that comes in gives us insight into what's going on within populations. And there's a lot of rigor that's put around trying to keep emotions in check with every phone call that rescue groups take. Veterinarians also suffer stress from their work with animals. And during COVID, this escalated significantly because there were so many people who uh, got more animals during COVID due to all the quarantining. And there's a very high suicide rate amongst veterinary medicine caretakers. And that's something that needs to be really looked at by the states. In the state of New Jersey, there's a new veterinary school that is going to be opening up as part of Rowan University. And we can only hope that there is going to be a very strong focus on compassion fatigue courses to help the vets as they migrate through their education so that they not only learn it, but they teach it when they go into practice. The bottom line, everybody's doing what they can for the animals. And everyone must realize that rescue groups are doing everything they can to give animals a second chance. And as communities, we have to work together to help each other, not against each other. Everybody's got to be open to hearing some harsh criticism sometimes to make sure we all do it right because we all learned how to do it better. But it's a bit of a double-edged sword phenomenon working in the animal care industry. You dedicate your life to making a positive difference for animals, but the emotional stress is draining, exhausting, and can take a toll on people. Some of us can't imagine doing anything else in our life, but outside of the work we all do, do you have a life? You got to make sure you keep a balance. If you work in the animal care industry, you don't necessarily get 
to have that supreme balance. You can't exist without doing all you can to care and save animals. We all love what we do, but the heartbreak and emotional strain on you sometimes can be too much to bear. And we all have to be able to recognize that and stop and pause. And that is what compassion fatigue is. Being able to recognize that, to feel that when our normal is not normal and it's very real. Not only does compassion fatigue dominate the professional lives of animal caregivers, but it can also rear its head in your personal life with sleepless nights, exhaustion, acute sadness, depression, isolation from friends, and a life that feels out of balance, that rides on emotional roller coasters and anger towards people in general for the terrible ways that we sometimes see animals are treated. The sheer volume of animals that come in on a daily basis can also be extremely exhausting. The number of lives and suffering that all animal caretakers are exposed to is much higher than in the human care fields. And this creates a burden on the heart and soul of the caregivers in, in the animal world. And everyone responds differently to these stressors and everyone has different coping skills available to them to help them with compassion fatigue. And CF is not exclusive to those dealing with euthanasia and end of life situations, right? There's a lot that comes into play here. And it doesn't matter how old you are. And it's not limited to just euthanasia. Anyone in the animal care community can get CF. Anyone. It's something that develops and it can develop in anyone involved in a caregiving relationship. CF is the cost of caring for others in emotional pain. And that includes all these animals on land and on sea. Right. We've all heard of the term PTSD, right? Post-traumatic stress disorder, especially with the number of returning soldiers that have come back from the Middle East and other war zones. With PTSD, the symptoms are directly connected to the person who was suffering and experienced a traumatic event firsthand. The symptoms of STSD, which is secondary traumatic stress disorder, are pretty much identical to PTSD, with the difference being that the exposure to knowledge about their tra traumatizing event is experienced by a significant other. PTSD is about the absorption of someone else's pain and suffering. You're like a full sponge that can't absorb any more pain or suffering. What would you say the ratio of happy experiences is to sad experiences in the field of animal work that you're doing? If you're more heavily weighted towards the happier experiences, people reflect and think about events of those nature. However, 
if they're weighted towards more of the sad experiences, people will reflect and think about those events and that will induce negative emotions five times or greater. It's just simply human nature. We replay negative and traumatizing events over and over in our minds. And there's a debilitating and negative effect on our emotions and our stress level when we re-experience the trauma as it replays in our mind. So one may ask, how do you balance the happy compassion satisfaction and the sad, the compassion fatigue? The happy is the satisfaction and fulfillment that you get through working with animals. The reason why you got into the industry in the first place. But it comes with sadness, pain, and often frustration. So we all need to start to pay closer attention to take better care of our own needs so that we can make more room in our lives for the compassion satisfaction. As people who are dedicated to animals in this field, and when you're caring for others in need, you naturally put animals' well-being before your own, no doubt. But as we all intuitively know, we don't have much to give if we don't keep the love and generosity that we have inside nurtured, enriched, and replenished. In devoting ourselves to others, we can easily lose ourselves. Compassion fatigue is what we experience when we're out of balance for caring for others more than we care for ourselves. So here are some pointers to start bringing your caring and giving nature back to focus on yourself, right? So every one of you are heroes. You're doing something extremely difficult and so important for animals. Every one of you need to honor yourselves and feel proud of the difference you are making. Know and recognize that you are an active part of the solution for the animals you take care of. Take a look at why you're so dedicated. Be sure you're not putting the animal's welfare before your own. You need to take care of yourself first. If you don't take care of yourself, you have nothing left to give to the animals. Practice creating emotional boundaries. So you need to protect yourself from toxins of others' emotional pain. When you take on others' problems and pain as your own, you are must less able to help them with their pain and suffering. The very thing that originally set out to do in your life and your strategy. Carve out time in your life to relax and play. It's important. You got to have a balance. This may sound undoable, but it's imperative for your well-being. Do you have hobbies? Cultivate activities and interests outside of your work, which have nothing to do with your work. You need to recharge your batteries and rejuvenate your soul. We all have our own issues. Work on identifying yours. And you'll find emotional attachment to your work begin to ease. 
many of us are drawn to the animal care field out of our love for animals, but also because we have suffered something else in our lives. Maybe it was abusive, abandonment, neglect. It's important to face our own pain and be careful not to become addicted to helping heal others instead of yourself. It's okay if you need other help to help you do that. It's all good. We're all here to help each other. We can handle strong emotions, right? You don't need to avoid them. You need to process them. Sorrow, anguish, be it anger, rage, guilt are going to be ever present in your work. And it should be a relief to know that you can feel these things and release them. They will not overtake or destroy you if you do that. If you deny them, they will fester and lead you to burnout. And accept both your reality and your own limitations. As much as you love to and can't save every animal, we can each make a difference one animal at a time and you're most probably doing an amazing job of that already everything you all do every day is so commendable don't stop but make sure you keep a balance in your life we thank you so much for listening to this podcast have a great day